This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, fam. Welcome to another episode of Making Shift Happen. I'm so excited for a couple of different reasons. First of all, personal life update. I forgot to mention a few months ago, I guess like two months ago now at this point, I got my uh, my Invisalign equivalent off. I, did, I didn't have Invisalign per se. I actually had what's called Spark, which you can only get through an orthodontist, so not through a dental office. Um, yeah, and I was so excited. It, it seemed to correct my bite and my jaw no longer pops. I no longer have jaw pain, but I managed to get all the anchors off and I'm done with my treatment. So yeah, I finished it in about a year and a half, I guess it's been, and I'm stoked. I'm very stoked. Um, I guess a little bit less than a year and a half, but so that's a big life update. Second thing, oh my goodness, lots of construction going on in my neighborhood lately. Uh, with Denver, we've been having our lead pipes replaced throughout the city. So we've been having some um, some of our wonderful dollars here in the in the in the county and city uh basically dog-eared for lead pipe refreshing and uh yeah so lots of jackhammers lots of construction and then uh neighbor's yard had a tree fall on it so lots of endless sawing in these last several days so just managing to find a time when i can actually record when there's like silence outside has been a little bit of a challenge, but it's been good. It's been kind of forcing me to really just change my schedule completely um, and really just be on my feet when it comes to recording this podcast. So all that to say, I'm glad I'm here right now because man, oh man, is it a time to be alive to talk about when the hell is the best time to work out? (laughs) Now, when I talk about working out, I do also mean training, if you actually have a formal training program and all of the above. Okay. So it doesn't matter if it's a bike ride, uh, any type of gym training or outside of the gym training or any type of just simple workout, Pilates, yoga, I don't care, whatever it is. So that's what I mean when I say the word workout. So please know that that term is going to be an all encompassing term for the purposes of this episode today. But, um, you know, here's the thing, the best time to work out or train is always going to be the time that works best for your schedule and your energy levels. I think all too often that second part of that is forgotten about, you know, your energy levels and just when you feel the best to work out. Um, you know, as you've probably recognized from other episodes that I've done over the years, I am a staunch believer in the fact that we do not all have the same 24 hours in a day. That is just one sentence I do wish would, would just be eliminate, eliminate from people's vocabulary. Okay. Because whenever I, I have a knee-jerk reaction. Whenever I hear someone say, "Ah, you know, we all have the same 24 hours. We do what we want. You know, some people can waste it. That is the most backwards sounding statement ever. Because yes, we do all have 24 hours, but we all do not have the same 24 hours. If you have a car, for example, you have dependable transportation. If you have children or do not have children, if you have children that are in sports, if you have children who are in other extracurricular activities, if you have an ailing parent or an ailing loved one that you're helping care for, the list goes on. If you have those things, that will change your 24 hours, all right? 
And I think we need to give folks that bandwidth to understand and, and just be compassionate to fellow to your fellow community members, you know, and and your neighbors, because we don't all have the same 24 hours and we don't all have the same predictable schedule. I work with a lot of shift workers and, you know, and it's a thing that we have to respect. We don't also all have dependents or others who depend on us for life. <laughs> okay. Now, all of these things are factors that we have to consider along the way. And yes, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know folks, including myself, often say that you should take care of yourself before you take care of others. You know, that, the adage, like, like you fill your cup up first before you fill others up, whatever, however the hell it goes. And, but that, that might just not be the reality with your schedule and mental and physical availability. And that's okay. So give yourself some grace with that. I will go ahead and add before I really dive into like things to consider, um, that if fat loss is a priority or a goal of yours, then research is hinting at the possibility that morning workouts may be best for you in order to optimize fat loss. In fact, in a study that was published in obesity just earlier this month, and this is being recorded in October, 2023, holy hell, 2023 already. Oh my God. Um, the researchers broke a group of subjects into three groups. So the actual, off the top of my head, I can't remember the the total number of subjects in the study, but I want to say it was right around five to 6,000 individuals. So it was not a small study. It was actually a pretty large study. Um, that's more considered a larger scale study. But they did break the, the large group into three groups that had them work out either in the morning, afternoon, or evening. Okay, so you were basically in one of those cohorts. They found that the morning group experienced greater weight or fat loss compared to the other groups. The wild thing, this is the wild thing about this study, is that the morning group also moved less than, than the other groups for the rest of the day compared to everyone else. And that is just the astonishing thing that we, that we just don't quite know everything about yet. But yes, I'm going to repeat that again. The morning group, which is the group that lost the most weight or fat loss during the study, they also moved less the rest of the day after their morning workout, but yet they still lost more weight. Like what? You know, kind of like a little bit of a, a mind blown type of event. Um, now, what does this research tell us? It honestly, <laughs> it honestly tells us that we need more research to support this concept as well as to explore the reasoning behind why folks lost more weight in the morning despite moving less the rest of the day. And here's the thing, friend. Reading research is tricky AF, and it is difficult to read, but it's even more difficult to actually comprehend and interpret the studies correctly. Anyone can read a research study. You might not understand every single word, you know, but generally anybody who has reading capabilities can read through a research study. Great, I'm going to applaud you on that. But your ability to thoroughly understand the means in which the study has been done, the methodology behind it, the actual subject pool, the validity of the way that the data is captured, all of these things are not something that, hell, even some of the best scientists in the world generally understand thoroughly. And that's when I start to get a little frustrated when folks who are lay people, and no offense, you know, like I am a part of that category technically, even though I did work in research for over 12 years, Individuals who are lay persons who identify themselves as experts in reading studies, 
just because of what they do for a living, you know, or I don't know. Like, it's kind of hard to explain without getting a little bit frustrated because this is when things become misinterpreted, okay? And I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm better than anyone else or, you know, you shouldn't really listen to that person. Just put on your thinking caps and just, you know, capture, look at the media coverage and what they're capturing, right? And look at the title, look at the headline, and then just know if it's a, a sensational headline, generally speaking, it's not going to be interpreted correctly, all right? And that's what I see very often in the media, unfortunately, is just, yeah, you have this research study and it's it's probably done really well, methodology is good, they have a really strong uh, subject population, and also really phenomenal researchers as well, like people who've done research for countless years. However, they're not really able to interpret the data, all right? And the data, you know, they can be our friends. And they are our friends if we can interpret the information that's being portrayed to you correctly. So all that to say that while this study is fantastic, we need more research. We cannot conclude something off of a single study. And I think I I need to say that a little bit more often. Um, now, yeah, like I said, one study isn't what's going to prove something or support something. Okay. A body of research, however, will, and that's why meta-analyses are so important, which is going to be a type of, of analysis on multiple studies. All right. So you're looking across the entire body of research and then you're formulating some consistencies and what were statistically significant findings and, you know, what were things that were quote unquote successful in the eye or in the lens of research. All right. So all of this to say, don't put every grain of dependence and trust into a single research study. Please friend. Truth is not found in a single study. That concept should put you therefore into a more trustful territory to do the thing instead. So, you know, work out when you can work out and trust that that is enough for you and your goals. All right. So yeah, I kind of gave you a little bit of a dangling carrot here, talked about a research study, but we can only conclude from this research study that we need more research. It literally, (laughs) this is the kicker to me. This is the absolute kicker to me. If you read, read this research, you know, even the abstract, it'll just tell you more research needs to be done. Like literally in the last paragraph, last sentence of this, it says that more research needs to be done. However, still even professionals I'm seeing in the industry who are dietitians, registered dietitians, are still concluding that, yes, this shows that, you know, hey, morning workouts can be more effective for weight loss. Um it really just shows that they may be more effective for weight loss. And there is an importance on that. And also the caveat should be outlined that we need more research. Okay. All that to say that instead of looking at the current body of research right now, I want you to consider the following things. All right. Think about your wake up time. What time do you wake up naturally? What time do you need to wake up for work and kids and life and all that stuff? What time is that? And how conducive is that to a morning workout? Because generally speaking, you want to break it down into either morning, afternoon workouts, or evening workouts. And by evening workouts, 
I don't always mean like right before you go to bed, <laughs> which we'll talk about in a minute. But first thing I want you to explore is, hey, when, when's your wake up time? Second thing, how well do you sleep? You know, and how well rested do you feel in the morning? These things influence the feeling of, of motivation, you know, and, and some folks may feel that they, they really need to feel that spark of motivation in order to actually get to the workout phase. But I do want to also plug here and you've heard me talk about this in other episodes, but just know that taking action is actually the, the biggest driver for feeling motivated. So if you're, you're waking up and you're not really feeling great, if you are starting to feel sick, starting to feel a little run down, a little bit more fatigued, burnt out, then yes, please explore my other episodes where I talk about those particular topics. I'll link them in the show notes. Um, but please, you know, be gentle with yourself. Know that maybe, Hey, I example, I didn't really sleep very well last night. So maybe today I'm actually just going to take it easy on my mountain bike ride later today. Just a perfect case in point. So I'm still going to show up for my mountain bike ride later today. Cause I mean, I have to, I have, I have people depending on me because I'm leading the ride. However, the thing is, is I'm just going to remember to try to, you know, take it easy for it, easy on it. All right. Um, and I think that that you need to allow yourself some grace. So think about what's your wake up time. How well do you generally, you know, sleep overall throughout the week? And then how well do you feel rested in the morning? Then the third thing is your schedule. Think about your schedule and its predictability. Shift workers, I feel you and I see you. My uncle, for example, was a shift worker for decades and he was also a bodybuilder. So he had to kind of utilize the timing of things effectively. So he would work overnight. He had the night shift. Um, you know, other people in my life also do the night shift and kind of just figure out when they can run or get to the gym or whatever. But I know for him, he would come home after working in the jailhouse and, uh, yeah, he would come home and he would eat, go to bed, he'd sleep. And then as soon as he'd wake up, he'd hit the gym. The alternative that he had is sometimes after he would finish his shift at the, um, at the penitentiary, uh, he would leave and then go right to the gym. So those were kind of his two options just because he did work overnight. He did work, I think it was a 12 hour shift, just things that you need to consider. All right. So please know people close to me in my life, other than also just clients that I work with over the years. Yeah. Shift working is a thing. And I think all too often we, we just think everyone has this wonderful Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, you know, eight or 9 AM to five or four or 5 PM. And it's just not the reality for a lot of folks. So you kind of need to think about your schedule and how predictable it is. If you have a predictable schedule, it will be a lot easier for you to actually, you know, implement a certain schedule when it comes to your fitness and well-being and, and things like that. Okay. So give yourself some grace here. Um, now also, and this is in consideration in, in relationship to your sleeping and how will you sleep, but consider your energy levels at various times of the day. If you tend to have an energy dip in the afternoon, especially after lunch or things like that, that might not be the best time for you to work out. I mean, it, it might also be the best time for you to work out. The thing here is just start to reflect on these questions. That's really all I'm trying to, to outline for you is to start to reflect on these things because all of these things kind of feed into when will be the best time for you to work out. Um, the other thing is your ability to actually do the workout or training at a given time. Do you need to go somewhere in order to do the training? Do you actually have to drive somewhere? Do you have to load up your car? Do you have to do something else in order to make the, the training a reality? 
If so, then that's another factor you need to think about because if it takes you 20 to 40 minutes to even get to the trailhead, that is something you have to consider about in terms of timing. If it takes you 10 to 30 minutes to get to the gym, especially if it's during rush hour, especially if it's after work or before work, these are all considerations versus having a home gym where you can just roll out of bed and then start to warm up and get to work. So Again, these are things that just need to be considered, okay? Hell, even with the act of driving somewhere, you need to think about all of the things that come along with driving, parking, you know, packing the car, all of that. And it takes time. I know in our in our minds, especially if you're like me, in my mind, I'll think, oh yeah, that'll just take me two minutes. No, it's like you got to add like 10 minutes to your expected time, generally speaking, okay? Um, all right. And then something else to consider is your mental health needs. Think about your mental health needs. Are you feeling a little low that day? Do you maybe need to lay low that day? Or would exercising and and doing some sort of workout and activity, sweating a little bit, elevating your heart rate, will that actually make you feel better in the long run? Will that make your, your mental health feel a little bit more elevated? I don't have the notes in front of me right now for this particular research study, but I did read how, um, I need to actually go back to examine.com and read this, but they're finding that, you know, working out physical activity, especially in the, the moderate to vigorous range in terms of intensity can actually help your mental health, can aid and support your mental health. Is it a solution to your mental health? No, not really. You know, and it also depends on what your diagnosis is and things like that. But moving physical activity is incredibly important to your overall mental health, whether you have a mental uh, you know, condition that needs treatment, or, you know, if you just have days where you feel a little low and you have like mild depression or mild anxiety or something like that, they're finding this more and more. So I think it's, it's a matter of you checking in on how you're feeling both physically and mentally when you do check in and, and ask yourself these things. Okay. And then last but not least, consider if working out before bed negatively or positively impacts your ability to sleep. I know for me, if I'm doing a bike ride, that's especially kind of butted up to the the bedtime for me, you know, if it's a later in the, in the evening bike ride, night ride, whatever, I will have a really hard time, a difficult time getting kind of wound down. So winding down before bed, I'm just going to be so wired. So I'll be tired, but I'm going to be wired right before bed. And then it's just not the place that I want to be right as I'm hitting, you know, my head to the pillow and I'm thinking about things and I'm so pumped because I have some adrenaline maybe, you know, still kind of in my system or I'm just feeling a little bit more elevated uh, after doing some physical activity. And other folks might notice this too, you know, especially if it's maybe a heavy lifting day or, or something like that. If you're doing that right before you have to go to bed, you might not, you know, be, uh, bene- it might not be a benefit for you. All right. It might not be f- beneficial for you. So consider that. Consider how you feel. Now, all of these questions, all of these reflection questions are just that. They're reflection questions. They're meant for you to pause, kind of gather some data, reflect on that data, um, and just see what works best for you. Because ultimately, you know, the best time for you to work out is the time that is going to be most consistent for you, that is most dependable for you, that makes you feel the best. But then there's also going to be times where you do have to give yourself that grace because sometimes you just want to get the workout in. And maybe that means you're doing it at 6 to 8 p.m. Who knows? You know, somewhere in that timeline, if you are a traditional, you know, nine to five type of worker. And that's okay. You know, sometimes you have to get off of a flight from for work 
And sometimes you just have to hop on the the indoor trainer bike and start pedaling and do your interval session and then wind down and go to bed, you know, right after you get in from the airport. Sometimes that's just what you have to do. And I'm only saying that because that's what I've done before in the past and what I've seen countless other clients do over the years. And it's, it's ultimately a matter of what works best for you. But considering these things, these reflection questions that I've, that I've presented to you, you know, what else works for you? Are there, are there any other questions that you would ask yourself? Reflect on that because again, there's no real right or wrong time to work out except for the times that feel the best for you and are the times that can, that can get you going. And on that note, holy hell, there is a, uh, a bald eagle flying outside my, my office window and it is the most beautiful thing. It is so high up. Um, I just had to share that with you. It's like kind of a moment of, of beauty. And I always keep my windows open. My blinds are open and it is just gliding friends. And it is absolutely beautiful. Um, Oh, he's going to attack something. Oh snap. I'm giving you a, Oh damn. He just flew over. Okay. Sorry. He just flew over my house and that was really cool. Anyways, that is all I have for you, friend. I I'm endlessly, endlessly grateful for you. If you found this episode helpful, please share this episode on social media, subscribe and rate it. That's how I can continue to grow and better serve you all because you are incredible and so damn special to me. All right. The winter phase of my strength and conditioning program, Shred Strong, starts on November 6th. It is specifically for mountain and gravel cyclists, just like you. You can learn more using the link in the show notes. So do that, or you can sign up for my newsletter. I'll probably have a newsletter pump it out in the next week or two. I send about one or two newsletters a month. On that note, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will see you next week. And I hope you have some good fortune trying to figure out what days and what times of days work really well for you with your workouts. Okay. Anyways, take care and I'll catch you next week. Bye.